everyone, and welcome to Or Something. This is the podcast where every week we talk about certain topics and the origins of them, or something. Uh, I'm Kristen. <laughs> really, I should think about that for a second. <laughs> and this is Carla. Hi. <laughs> Uh-oh, and I'm getting loud here. again. <laughs> Uh-oh. We're here. We'll just oh, my voice cracked again. Everything. Yeah, oh my gosh. Apparently. Carla's still going through puberty. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess that's what happened. It's a wonderful time of the your life. <laughs> oh Who my gosh. That about puberty. Uh, people try to do that. You know, like Yikes. that's stupid. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret Buck. Did you ever read oh, that when yeah. you were a kid? Yes. I don't oh, remember it, but yeah. I hated it so much. I was like, don't try to fool me. I know what you're on about. This is not magical. <laughs> but I probably was clinging it to clinging to it. Like, wow. This is I think what, my no, sister really liked it. Made it made me angry. Yeah. I remember being angry. I don't know why. I was so I angry. Remember, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that took a turn. <laughs> Interesting turn. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Let's stop everything. I have to tell you what I was listening to right before we started recording this episode. Okay. I was listening to the newest episode of My Favorite Murder um, yeah. with Karen and Georgia, right? Like, one of my favorite podcasts ever. Yeah. And this week on their podcast, Karen covers the story of these arsenic green dresses that were <gasps> killing people and she talks about the entire like not the entire history of the green pigment but she yeah. talks about the green pigment and how <gasps> there was so much arsenic in it and specifically <laughs> during like the Victorian times it became yeah. really popular in <laughs> like the dresses and the home decor and everything yeah, and it was like yeah. full on killing people there was so much arsenic <laughs> in it and specifically that. that Shields Green. Did you talk about yeah. Shields Green? Yeah, I did, you mentioned yeah. it, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. And it's like that um, from like the 1830s to like the 1860s or something. And people yeah. were complaining about how toxic it was as early as like, I think, 1839 or something like that. And they still, they used it for wallpaper. They used yeah, it for carpets. Yep. They used oh, it for carpets. everything. <laughs> Yeah, and people were just full on. This one girl was like using it to dye um, <laughs> these like silk flowers and stuff, oh, and no. she full. She was like nineteen years old or something. Yeah, and she started turning green. Basically, like her eyes were green, what? like every like her skin started turning green. Everything she ended up Ew. like ob like having this horrible horrible death with all these like crazy things, yeah. and it kind of drew people's attention to like, oh, maybe we should change something. Which it's, they still didn't for like decades, but yeah, I just thought it was so crazy that she was covering that. Yeah, when we just you had just covered just it, just talked about it. It's totally uh -huh. this thing of like that's I think what I love about learning and like learning new words and learning about new things is yeah, you always kind of like see that stuff then like yeah, and you're like are people just using that word a lot all of a sudden or am I just oh noticing it more because that I've always I've learned freaked it. me out yeah when yeah. I was a kid I actually started wondering if like the word only kind of appeared when I learned it yeah. <laughs> like wait what why and am I seeing it's this it's almost now? like you think the entire world revolves around you where you're like yeah. does every like what how is this yeah. possible like my child brain did not understand it and so now I'm just my like, adult brain doesn't understand yeah, a good point yeah <laughs> I just thought it was so cool that like every week that we've done um whatever topics that there seems to yeah. be something that like comes up That's afterwards crazy about it it's just nuts 
oh as my soon gosh. as I saw like when she was talking about it, I was like, no way, this is amazing. Because the timing, it's like <laughs> the literally crazy. the next week. Yeah. yeah. Same with the emergency numbers. It was literal yeah. next week. Catalog, literal next week. Like not, yep. you know, two weeks totally. later. Totally. That's crazy. It's crazy. Oh, oh also, I don't know if I mentioned it, but there's this um, cidery <laughs> in Vernon, BC. Mm-hmm. If anybody wants it, you should um, check out the BX Press. Okay. It's like the best cider that's ever been made ever. BC cider is wonderful. It's so it's good. so good. Yeah. So, so good. Anyway. We've got lots of apples. Um, but <laughs> they came out, and I forgot to mention it before, but like after the episode that you did about apples, yeah. they had some posts on Instagram of this new special um, line of ciders that they're doing that are like really specialty ones, and it was called Malus, like, like <gasps> M-A-L-U-S. No way! And I looked at it, and I was like, I know what that means! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Isn't- Oh, and we've lost our host. (laughs) I will have to sing a song while you're drinking some water. (laughs) Quick, everyone turn down your volume. (laughs) Carla's going to start singing. (laughs) And it's going to be beautiful. Oh, Oh, she's back. I'm back. Oh, she's here. Everybody shush. (laughs) Yeah, we hear murmuring. It's crowd shushing. What? Yeah. What the hell? We're doing a live (laughs) podcast? Oh, my gosh. Shut up. Oh, uh, who's first this week? Should we just like jump into it before I lo- actually lose my voice? <laughs> what happened to all your anecdotes? I was just all looking Those forward. Were, that was like... my anecdote. <laughs> Listen, I'm only one person. Okay, my other thing that happened this week. <laughs> yes. Was um, the animals. It was pouring rain when I went to oh, the yeah. farm. Cool. Yeah. Because we had another atmospheric river, like, just dumping down on us, and we've got another one coming, apparently. It's sunny today, which is amazing. Yeah. But it was, like, pouring rain, and so these poor animals had been, like, stuck inside. We had to work around them, which was kind of funny. (laughs) A little scary at times, because I'm like, these goats were, like, not having it. (laughs) Um, But all of the animals were, like, so irritated with each other. Like, Baby the donkey and Lucy the pig were like at each other like they just were fighting like they were sleeping in the same area and then when they got up because they thought that I had treats they were like (laughs) they were just kind of like yeah like bugging each other just how we do when we're cooped up and we just get irritated with each other yeah Yeah, and it was total cabin fever they just all were so miserable I'm like oh poor poor guys but I'm like that's how we feel especially after COVID after like being cooped up with everybody for a year and a half although (laughs) oh like someone um that bought my parents boat stopped by the house and was chatting and he was just getting to it, and I was like, yeah, human contact. So we were chatting, and I'm just <laughs> like, but then he started going on about, like, you know, because he lives out in the boonies somewhere, and he was talking about how the, like, um, they were shooting mountain lions because they what? had been released into the area, but they have, like, livestock, so they, and it was just this, like, the typical ignorant, like, oh. farmer shooting anything that even, like, looks the wrong you know way yeah. at their cattle not realizing that we need predators in the ecosystem like we have to balance and yeah. learn how to live with everything i could go into a whole spiel and then, so i was like mm-hmm, that's nice now get the hell out of my house i was just kind of like screw social isolation this isn't yeah. worth it i'm like you know what <laughs> really i come in contact with one human being 
for like five minutes and I'm the worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, thank you. I know. I think that yeah. that's like the big struggle now of like getting out into the world again. It's like, I don't. Yeah. Actually, I don't like people. I don't like people. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> and yes, it's necessary to like socialize yeah. and whatever, but it's like, I only <laughs> want to socialize with the people I actually like. That was I like know. when I went to Eddie Izzard and I was next to that couple and it was the most <laughs> painful thing to listen to their conversation. I'm like, you guys are stupid. Shut up. I can't oh, handle it. Before I forget, um, I was watching a nature show um, and they mentioned something that pigs can't um, like cool down. Yeah, like by themselves they don't have like a little like sweat things or something mm. I don't know if it was sweat glands I don't know what the hell I don't pay that much attention but like yeah. um so yeah I was laughing because last week I guess maybe you said that you were forcing the pig to go enjoy the sunshine oh. <laughs> was like, he's overheating yeah. <laughs> he's got an immediate sunburn and everything I, that's Whoops. what I was laughing about I'm like you just <laughs> toasted the pig <laughs> I to be resist. fair, it wasn't hot out. It was just sunny. We don't get both sure, things at one time. <laughs> Heat and sunshine, no. But I love that that's where my brain went. I'm like, did Kristen kill a pig? No, Pickles is still alive. <laughs> and grumpy as ever. All right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. May no, continue. now that's a perfect segue into my other anecdote. <laughs> Okay, I'm listening. So today it's been sunny, which is great. And I went outside a little bit, which was awesome. But it has been so cloudy and so rainy here. It's just been miserable. Mm. And I mean, like anywhere in Canada, like at this time of year, we all are so deprived of vitamin D because we never see the sunshine. (laughs) I mean, in Alberta, you guys have sunshine, but it's like too cold or too miserable to go. Like, it's not like you're going out in your t-shirt and shorts at this time of year to actually get like yeah. vitamin D, right? Yeah, exactly. So I, last night I was like, I normally have nail polish on my toenails, mm-hmm. but I took it off because I'm going to go for a pedicure soon. And I was like, okay, whatever. And I just, I had my feet out like on the couch last <laughs> night. And Greg was like, he kind of looked at my feet like, whoa, your feet look weird. And I was like, what are you talking about? And when I looked at them, I was like, they look just so pale. I was like, oh my God, my feet look like corpse feet. Because he was like, I could tell he was kind of struggling to like say something because he didn't want to hurt my feelings. And he was like, they look like he's trying to think of like a nice way to say it. And I was like, they look like corpse feet. And he's like, yeah, kind of, but that's not what I was going to say. And then he's like, they kind of look like an albino's feet or something. I'm like, okay. I was like, leave me alone. I don't go outside anymore. My feet don't see the sunshine. But we had a really long conversation about like how pale my feet were. He's like, you've got to put some color on those toenails or I like something. that he thought that like albino would be better. Like that's a complete lack of pigment. And then I know. Like corpse feet at least have some blue in them. It's like (laughs) But which one is better? Ooh. The ultimate question. (laughs) Let's put a poll on Instagram. Which is better? Corpse or Yes, hey, we can add polls to our Spotify thing, so we do need to do that. Ooh, okay. People be like, What the hell is this podcast? (laughs) We'll be like, We don't know either. That's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) We all wish we knew the answer. (laughs) Okay, sorry. I'm going to shuffle for a second. My cable is like poking Mm -hmm. all these different ways and whatnot. All right. I'm ready. 
Okay. Is it me first this week or is it you first? It's you. Yeah. Okay. How come I never can remember? It's like we don't have that many episodes. <laughs> or do we? <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying anymore, you guys. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm high on the vitamin D juices that are coming through the window. And meanwhile, I'm like trapped in in my closet. Yeah, I'm in my closet. And I have to close the door to the closet so I don't even get residual sunshine from my bedroom. Because the stupid road behind us is so loud. I know what I'm sending you for Christmas. I'm making a note right now. What? Vitamin D tablets. Oh, (laughs) I take vitamin D tablets. More. (laughs) More, yeah. I just need more you know, vitamin D sent to <laughs> Kristen. I need one of those like um, sunshine lamps. I actually have a little one. Ooh. I should set it up in the in the closet here. Okay, I don't spend that much time in here, but come all on. your clothing is bleached. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I imagine myself sitting here with one of those tin foil things that they always used back in the day <laughs> to like get as much sunshine. My hey, face has is to bring just you, like beet like, red. Yeah, he has to bring you a pina colada. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I, I only do it on my feet. I should just only tan my feet. <laughs> and just be a real freak. <laughs> I love it. A reverse, like, tan line. <laughs> reverse sock tan line. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> okay, so this week I've got a little bit of a short one. Me too. Uh, I thought there would be more to it, but turns out there really isn't. <laughs> um, yeah. So me too. I was listening to um, this podcast, another murder podcast, because it's all I listen to <laughs> is True Crime South Africa. And she talked about like jo- or Jane Doe, like that they had named somebody a Jane Doe because whatever, they didn't know who she was and all this kind of stuff. It was an unsolved thing. And she kind of went into the history a little bit of why we call them John Doe and Jane Doe. And I thought, ooh, ooh I want to know that. So I am doing the origin of John Doe and why no, we use John so Doe cool. or Jane Doe as a thing. Like, where did that come from and why that name? I love it. Yeah. Wait, let me make make a prediction because I love it. Okay. Um, a guy who was actually named John Doe was devastated to find out that his name was going to be used for unidentified bodies. The end. <laughs> now you may go. <laughs> yes, you're right. No, Thanks. you're not. <laughs> Thanks. What? <laughs> okay, so my sources for this are Wikipedia, mentalfloss.com, medium.com, and some other random stuff places okay so now john doe or jane doe are used when the true name of a person is unknown or it's being intentionally concealed um but how was john doe specifically chosen as this placeholder name so we go way back to ancient rome no it didn't originate there but (laughs) i know right (laughs) jerk (laughs) in ancient rome they there is like historically um some names that they use, fake names that they used in hypothetical situations. So the names, some of the names that they used were Numerius Negidius, which translated to, I refuse to pay. Oh my gosh, that is my name. (laughs) (gasps) That's it, I'm legally changing it. That's me. And that typically represented the defendant. 
and <gasps> Aulus Agarius, which roughly translated to I set in motion and oh. represented the plaintiff who would initiate a lawsuit. So they had these names oh. used as people in legal situations where it's like, oh, hypothetically, if this person was the defendant, you know, oh, okay. and this person and they had to pick have a name for them. Right. Those were the names that they used. <laughs> so the reason why I'm talking about fictitious legal names is because that is how the name John Doe started being used what? to represent an unknown identity or okay. a hypothetical person. Okay. So, the so name, it wasn't a dead body first that it wasn't a dead didn't body know first. That okay. ended up just being like just what, what people use. use now, John Doe, for uh, any anybody that's unidentified. Okay. And so, of course, naturally, I think in true crimes, like in crime situations where they don't know what the body, like who it is, because John Doe yeah. had become such a huge like representation of that that they just started using it okay cool (laughs) okay so the names john doe and richard roe (laughs) no yes and so for anybody who doesn't know the spelling too it's spelled d-o-e doe is in like a deer and richard roe r-o-e Instead of I was waiting like, for you to spell with... John as well. <laughs> <laughs> never. I'll never J-O-N spell J-O-N or J-O-H-N? J-O-H-N. Oh, Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the names John Doe and Richard Rowe were regularly used in the English legal system to represent the plaintiff and the defendant in a fictitious legal process called an action of ejectment. Wait, so it wasn't... John Doe, oh Richard Rowe, it was like the the Latin thing where it was both yeah, of them. Yeah, John Doe and Richard Rowe. Okay, okay. Yeah. Got yeah. it. Um so this legal process, it was really specifically um connected to like landowners, like like landlords and their tenants. Okay. So it's thought that this may have started as early as the reign of King Edward III, which was between 1327 and 1377. So like super I knew that. duper early. <laughs> don't lie on the podcast. The podcast, you can tell no lies. <laughs> Under old English common law, there were like super complex rules around the actions that landowners could take against squatters or defaulting tenants. Okay. They were really, really technical and usually too difficult to be of any use to anybody. <laughs> it's a great legal system. How <laughs> like, convenient. Yeah, it's super convenient. <laughs> Sorry, illiterate people, but it's just too much for you. And really, it was just one sentence they couldn't read. <laughs> yeah, it's just complex. <laughs> so the landowners or the landlords would bring an action of ejectment on behalf of a fictitious tenant against another fictitious person who had allegedly evicted him. So (laughs) this is super... It took a lot of research for me to even figure out what the hell this meant. (laughs) Because even on Wikipedia, it was like not... They put stuff and I'm like, this does not make sense. Like, what are they doing? Because they're creating... They're basically creating like a fake judgment to bring before the court and get the court to assess if... 
like who the land actually belongs to, like the ownership of the land. But they're doing it in a fictitious way, like a hypothetical way, like kind of saying to the court, like, hey, um, if this was the situation with this guy, John Doe, and like this, say (laughs) this other guy, Richard Rowe, yeah, a friend of a friend of mine, like, what would you say about it kind of thing? (laughs) (laughs) Like, what would happen? (laughs) And then it became official court ruling. (laughs) Basically. So the wow. court, like, so the court would then have to decide <laughs> if the fictitious landowner was the valid owner of the property, and that the fictitious tenant wasn't, and ultimately would establish who the rightful owner of the property was. It is wow. a super bizarre and roundabout way to bypass the old English common laws. Oh. Yeah, it allowed the landlords to avoid m- many technical legal procedures. Um. And, it, like, it was just crazy. The practice of doing this, this, like, weird, fictitious thing, became yeah. obsolete in 1852. They said, like, oh. like no more of this. No but it was pulse, around yeah. for centuries. Like, yeah. they did that for <laughs> centuries. It's crazy. Um <laughs> So in some so in in those cases it almost always was like John Doe, Richard Rowe. There were some other were like some other names that people mm-hmm. um used like I think like William Styles and stuff like that, but John Doe <laughs> and Richard Rowe were like the most famous. Like they were the ones that were used most commonly. Uh-huh. Okay. In some cases they people started using those names um in order to keep the names of high profile people private. So if they had like oh. a legal thing or something and they didn't want somebody to know that that's who it was about, but they still needed to name somebody in the yeah. document, they're like, oh, that's John Doe instead huh. of like King Edward the 27th or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now the question becomes like, why did they start Sorry. using <laughs> The king is taken to court. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> like nothing about that sentence made sense. <laughs> nothing about my entire topic this week makes sense. <laughs> I love it. This is Can all true. Ooh, I just lost my mic. <laughs> Man down. Even my mic fainted from the excitement. Oh my gosh. Okay, so why did they use the names John Doe and Richard Rowe? Like, why were these the ones that started being used? And why did they continue being used? And the answer to that is nobody knows. (laughs) They can't find a case. They can't seem to find the case where they were first used. So some people say um, that it's possible that, say, the first time that those people were used that it just kind of like caught on and they start they kept using those people or something mm-hmm. like that. Okay. Um, it's possible that they were chosen because John and Richard were like super common names in England right. at that time. So they were kind of names that could encapsulate like the everyman, right? The last names are the most surprising. That's the thing. The surnames Doe and Roe both so this is the only thing that people can kind of find that are (laughs) similar is that they both reference deer so doe is a female deer and roe is a eurasian deer species that is really common in britain oh some people said i saw somewhere where they said that um like doe can represent deer and then roe is like fish eggs or whatever Mm -hmm. and some people said that quite often the the people that were in these actions were like um 
were like hunting and fishing and stuff on the properties. Like they're trying to figure right. out something. But they're like, it's such a thin thing because they could have called yeah. them like John Buck and like right. Richard like Fish or whatever. Like why yeah. those, right? So my huh. thought is that it started with, say, somebody named John Doe. And then they just wanted mm-hmm. to make it rhyme, Richard Rowe, <laughs> right? Yeah. I don't know. It's like basic. Oh, yeah. Humans are not that complex. I know. <laughs> um, and then some people say that they might have actually been real names for people that were used initially, and then they just kept being used, like carried over, kind of copy and pasted into other things right. and became Sort of like, kind of like that legal precedent when they were like... In the case of you exactly know, mm-hmm. Smith versus Wesson or whatever, right? Yeah. <laughs> so there were, as I mentioned before, there were some other names that were used, including, and this one it makes me laugh really hard um, because it's all about like land titles and yeah. like, that's where the disputes were. So <laughs> one of the names that was used quite often was called was John Good Title. <laughs> <gasps> like his whole last name is condensed to one word oh good gosh. title well there <laughs> like, goes my theory i'm like maybe roe and doe were just really quick to to write right like yeah like they have to keep repeating the name but good title well, there goes that theory out the window but it could be like that that's why those ones weren't <laughs> used as much and it was doe maybe. and roe were used more commonly right Then <laughs> john styles uh like william styles richard miles or john noakes so there were some other yeah. ones that were common. but doe and roe don't sound real so that almost is like yeah right? they're not going to keep mistake someone real for that right but those other names sound like they could be actual names so maybe it would be confusing exactly because i think it would be a lot more common to have some of those other names except maybe good title was that an actual case (laughs) right yeah and i think maybe something with like using good title would be a little misleading because it's almost like kind of trying to sway the proceedings a little bit (laughs) i don't know Nobody knows. Like, it's just a bunch of random, like, guesses as to where it maybe came from. Okay. That's kind of surprising. Um, So the names John or Jane Doe have become standard placeholders for unidentified, anonymous, or hypothetical parties in court cases. Um, Hmm. And they will bring in the names Roe or other names if there are more than two anonymous parties involved. For example, the case of the infamous Roe versus Wade. Right? In the States. Yeah, because she didn't want to be known, but there were also like other anonymous things. So she was known as. I think I knew that at some point, but I just, I don't think of it that way. I just, I didn't think of it either. I was like, oh, that's the name, Ro. Like, and that's not her name at all. But it was to keep her anonymous because she didn't want to be disclosed. Also, I just saw a thing on um, Instagram from. Uh, Trevor Noah that he was saying that it sounds like Roe v. Wade is going to be overturned potentially Yeah, down in the States and I'm like are you kidding me it's yeah. a really funny if you guys like Trevor Noah or like laughing or like somebody who's smart <laughs> go follow Trevor Noah or the um, Daily Show on yeah. Instagram and his thing his video that he just put up today about this Roe v. Wade thing is so funny it's really good I have to watch Yes, you him. need to go watch it. It's yes. really funny. It's really short. It's like 20 seconds long. But he's like, oh, yeah, interesting that the conservatives are so, you know, they really want to protect life so much, except when it comes to coronavirus or school shootings <laughs> or like all health care, universal health care, all these other things. Like, yes, yeah. thank you. <laughs> 
Oh, my gosh. But he says it way funnier, so go watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So in the UK, so as of 1852, that that way of using um, the court system, they stopped doing that specifically. Um, But they now have something called a John Doe injunction or a John Doe (laughs) order. And it's actually called that. So this is used if an unknown person has possession of confidential personal information and is threatening to disclose it, a John Doe injunction may be sought against that person. (gasps) So the first time that this form of injunction was used since 1852 was in 2005 when lawyers... Edward Snowden. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) When lawyers acting for J.K. Rowling obtained an interim order against an unidentified person who had offered to sell chapters of a stolen copy of an unpublished Harry (gasps) Potter novel to the public. So they didn't know who the person was, but they needed to, like, put an injunction to stop it. To stop it from happening. Wait, but they created this injunction in 18... 1852, they created it. So but they when, didn't create it to use it? I don't know. How the heck does law work? You'd think they'd only create something when they needed it, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, no, I'm stupid. Oh, I think it's like the form of the injunction. Like So like the use oh, okay. of a hypothetical person that where you don't know who the person is, but you're trying oh, to bring okay. action okay. against them. That's, yeah. I think, what it means in Got my it. notes. Sorry, that okay. was a little misleading of how I wrote that out. No, no, I get it. Um, but yeah, so basically it's the idea of like taking an order out, like a legal action against somebody that you don't know who they are, like an wow. anonymous person. Yeah. So they did that in order to um, stop whoever was was making these threats mm-hmm. so that if once they did it, if they were to do it, they could be found guilty. Like there's already an injunction out there for it. Oh. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Huh. Isn't that crazy? So I'm calling for a John Do- Doe, what's it called? I almost said induction. Injunction. <laughs> injunction. <laughs> Against you if you ever call me stupid. <laughs> Yeah. Good luck with and that. And you will it's have to set how out of dare court. you. Never. <laughs> and you will owe me 27 jelly bellies as <laughs> Yeah, punishment. right. No way, man. I'm going to eat how them How dare all. you? I'll give Listen. you all the grossest ones. <gasps> Listen, John Doe. I'm going to eat all the buttered popcorn ones for myself. <laughs> oh, but I know who you are. Ow. Yeah. Doesn't look. Sucker. <laughs> <laughs> I like that that wasn't my defense. I was just like frantically trying to think of jelly belly flavors. Yeah, panic, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which ones am I going to It send? almost worked. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Duped again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So that was basically it for the history. And now I just have some like fun little like <laughs> anecdotal things about John Doe's. <laughs> So in 2009, the New York Times reported on the difficulties and unwanted attention experienced by a man actually named John Doe. (laughs) So it is a real name when you were saying, oh, that's a fake name. There are people out there named John Doe. Oh, no. So he had often, it was often suspected that he was using a pseudonym, obviously. And he was regularly questioned by airport security staff and, like, regularly stopped whenever he had to show his ID for things like that. It was not... Everybody thought it was fake. Oh, no. And another man named John Doe was often suspected of being an incognito celebrity. 
<laughs> I'd be like, well, then stop wearing sunglasses everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Or he like, feeds into it. <laughs> just go in a newspaper and be like, clearly I'm not famous. Look at my face. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so there are parallels in other countries where they use certain names as like hypothetical placeholders really? or to um, conceal someone's. Um, true identity or whatever it is and I didn't really delve too much into like how it became something in um like for dead bodies and because people don't really talk about it I think it's just a natural transition to yeah it's a it's a placeholder to use to identify somebody that and it sounds like they started using it fairly early to identify Mm -hmm. unknown victims or unknown okay yeah so they probably just culturally knew that it right yeah, because they were Especially like, since oh, legal hey. stuff is all, like so hand in hand with the police, right? Exactly, but, exactly. Yeah, and okay. I think that it was already like a very commonly known thing that these were. Um, it was a good way. As soon as you would say John Doe, people would know that you were talking about that you yeah. didn't know their identity. <clears throat> yeah. So the name Ashok or Ashok Kumar is used in court cases in India. <clears throat> the abbreviation NN is used in European legal systems, and it's based on the Latin term nomen nescio, or nescio, meaning I do not know the name. Wait. Were we talking about, um, so John Doe was like an American thing? No, it was British. Okay, yeah. okay. But yeah, so this is like Europe in the rest its... of Europe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, why would I think they would take John Doe as a thing? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so John Doe <laughs> was very much um, British and then yeah. came and is is like widely used in North America. And I think basically It's just my anywhere... classic colonial thinking. Oh, <laughs> they don't use that in France. Oh, why you don't not? speak English? Oh. Let me say it louder. <laughs> <laughs> John Doe. <laughs> dum dum. You don't know me? <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then the, the very last one that I have um, makes me laugh so hard. So this name, Israel Israeli, is a new variant that is starting to be used in, yep, you guessed it, Israel. <laughs> they have a different name that they've used for a really long time, but it's becoming more common now to use the name Israel Israeli as like to, to sh- like represent somebody where you don't See, know that their identity. I, like. I then it's love like that. The most generic. Like, Israeli, Israeli. Yeah. I, Isra- Israel. Yeah. It's like, yeah, why not? It's like and Canada, Canada. someone named that. Exactly. Canada, oh my Canadian. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be terrible. Or Tim Hortons. That should be her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'd like Tim Hortons found dead. Oh my god! <laughs> Canada starts oh rioting. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so something that has become yeah exactly has become common, especially in like um, murder cases, like unsolved um, or like you know where they don't know who the identity of the victim um, is, where they will also add other stuff into the name. So. Like, if they've got a bunch of Jane Doe's, you can't just keep naming everybody Jane Doe because what's going to differentiate them, right? So some of them number them where it's like John Doe 1 or whatever. But a lot oh, okay. of them will use, like, where the body was found. So it would be oh, okay. like, um, like, I don't know, 
John Doe Las Vegas trash can. Doe or whatever. Oh. Or like, yeah, or <laughs> <something>. disrespectful <laughs> like that. <laughs> Decapitated John Or Doe. she was just a prostitute Doe. <laughs> Nobody cares. Like, really? It's basically all of it. Poor people. Yeah. But yeah, so it's kind of like been adapted and used in whatever purposes it (laughs) needs to now, but that was the origin of it. That's where it started. Whoa. Yeah. I... Isn't that crazy? Never would have thought that. I never, I never even questioned that it would need to start somewhere. I just, that's just one of those things that we just always, you just know that that's what it represents. Yeah. I thought it'd be like a 1930s kind of lazy detective guy. He's like, I don't know. It's Jane Doe, like a noir kind of thing that was started in like fiction books or something. They started using it. I don't know. That's crazy. I know. I was really shocked that it started so early. Yeah. And that it was actually like in legal things. I thought it would just be, <laughs> I actually was surprised I could find anything about it because I thought it would be much more, yeah. Um, like, yeah, like kind of how you said where it's like, oh, somebody just kind of started saying it and it caught <laughs> on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What's now your topic? I'm that much smarter. Woohoo. Okay, so I was threatening to sing. This time I am going to sing. Are you ready? Uh, I'm ready. I don't know how to sing. <laughs> Do it anyway. <laughs> and I don't know the words to the don't song. Me. This is how I sing it. But it's the beginning line is... <laughs> what? I don't remember it. <laughs> Do you know the muffin man? The muffin man, the muffin man. <laughs> oh my gosh! I don't know the muffin okay. man! So... I don't know if it's do you know. That's how I sang it always as a kid, but I'm stupid. Yeah, I but. think it is. So, muffins. I'm going to talk <gasps> muffins. But, Ooh. specifically, again, this is trademark Carla Hot Mess situation. <laughs> okay. Muffin tins. Oh. I just bought one, finally, for the first time. Not ever, but, like, since I've been here. and You didn't have a muffin tin? Not for, like, at least. Whoa. I've always um, had one. I think it's just something I've always thought you have in Calgary. To have. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, but not here. I don't. Know. Weird. So yeah. So okay, here we go. Ready? Oh my gosh! I'm excited. So for anyone who doesn't know, I'm just gonna do a bit of a definition thing. So muffin tins. Oh, my sources are the internet, <laughs> muffin tins, and <laughs> the World Wide Web. Yeah. <laughs> muffin tins and muffin pans are typically metal bakeware, which has round bowl-shaped depressions into which you put, like, muffin or cupcake batter, right? Um, most of them have room for, like, 12 mu- muffins, but now they come in all different shapes and sizes. Um, and the muffin tins that I'm talking about that I want to know, that everybody knows, but there's old one. Anyway, um, you have the cup, and then there's room for the batter to, like, spill over the edge, to create mm-hmm. the classic cupcake and muffin dome top, right? Yeah. That and it, that's the tin, the quintessential, right? You yeah. Think, okay. Yeah, muffin tin. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, they came out of nowhere. So let's enjoy this converse, conversation here. <laughs> okay. So uh, muffin tins can be made out of aluminum, stainless steel, cast iron. Cast iron apparently was like um, very popular. That would be so heavy. heavy. <laughs> I know. Um, or silicone now. Uh, they can be coated or uncoated. Historically, they used galvanized steel, and galvanized steel is like just a zinc coating, which helped it uh, this m- uh, metal be more stable and that kind of thing. Um, muffins can be split into two categories. Okay, so I needed to go into the history of muffins to figure okay. out this tin situation. <laughs> yeah. um, 
before, I think it was the 18th um, century, uh, muffins in America even were what we know or think of as um, English muffins, right? So an English muffin was called a muffin. So English muffins are similar to crumpets. They aren't the same exactly, but they're a yeast yeasted dough. Um, and yeah, I'll get into exactly like more detailed later. But and then I'm going to talk about English muffins versus American muffins. And American muffins <gasps> need that tin. They need that so that the batter can overflow and create yeah. the dome shape. Right? Okay. Yeah, because English muffins so, aren't don't look at all like that. No, they don't. So, uh, what we call English muffins, they're those flat kind of discs. There's mm-hmm. no dome. It's just this flat. Like, it's a hockey puck, basically. <laughs> it almost tastes like a hockey puck as well. It's the, the uh, and McDonald's even the orig- egg McMuffin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or hockey puck, as I call it. No, no, but you're right. Um, they, even the most original, like the earliest recipes for English muffins said that you pretty much had to... Um, like once you baked it, you should eat it toasted with butter because oh, otherwise so it would good. just be this like rock hard thing. Yeah. So it do was even like created English to muffins? be toasted. Um, I do now. I, really I didn't like as English a kid, muffins. but I really oh. like them now. Yeah. I never really had them as a kid. And I got to the point where I was eating them without toasting, but it's kind of uh, gross if you don't toast yeah, it. Yeah, you got to toast it. Yeah, but so... Hmm. Where am I? <laughs> I'm sorry. Initially, no, no, no. Initially, muffins were what we call English muffins. Yeah, um, They actually use something called muffin rings to make them. Muffin rings are about one inch high, a little metal kind of things. Um, and in various magazines from the 1860s about, they described how to make the muffins. So uh, American magazines, sorry. Okay. Batter is uh, poured into the rings, which... Are the, the rings are then placed on a griddle, okay, uh, a flat griddle. So they would prep a flat griddle with pork fat, usually, get it and um, sometimes pre or usually preheated, I should say, and then place the yeasted dough into the like rings. Then they put the rings on paper and then like on the flat griddle. Okay, so it was like, well, yeah, just that, just metal rings yeah. on a thing. Then they shove it in the oven, and after it came out of the oven. Uh, they would flip it, they'd put back in the oven out, and then they would do the whole toasting thing. There's a whole recipe for it, right? Okay. Which is just put it over the fire, put some butter <laughs> in it. Now put it over the fire again till the butter melts. Uh, <laughs> the yeah. So my quest to find actual muffin tins led me to a bunch of recipes that only made mention of already existing muffin pans. So this is okay. infuriating, okay? So, for <laughs> yeah. example, American author Maria Parloa, she lived between 1843 and 1909. She wrote a, uh, books on cooking and housekeeping, and she was the founder of two cooking schools. Um, she, she was actually an interesting figure. So if anyone wants to, like, read more about her, I would strongly suggest that. She's pretty cool. Um, in her new uh, her t- book titled new cookbook and marketing guide she said that muffin pans cups or tins should be used rather than muffin rings since at the time of writing the cookbook muffin rings had faded in popularity okay so some point 18 mid 1800s i'm guessing i don't quite remember when the book was written 1880 maybe 
she's already saying that muffin rings are passe. Right? Okay. So I'm like, muffin pans? They exist, right? I'm like, I'm getting closer. No. <laughs> By 1880, Parloa differentiated the American muffin from the bread dough English muffin. In this uh, country, a muffin usually means a cake baked in molds in the oven, right? Like I was trying to explain earlier. Yeah. Um, some more examples. In the Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania Farm Journal, July 1854, uh, it says, butter your muffin cups. <laughs> Marion Tyree's Housekeeping in Old Virginia. <laughs> uh, in her book, Housekeeping in Old Virginia, 1879, she had a muffin recipe like, um, it was kind of like pound cake baked in something called snowball cups. So people were using molds already and okay. I'm still not finding anything about muffin pans. So, um, so while scouring the internet, one source had an old illustration of the Muffin Man song. I thought, I'm on to something. I thought, yeah, let's do this. But then, um, of course, they'd be talking about English muffins. I don't know why I thought this would lead me to some rich muffin history. Oh, I so, just assume it's like our muffin. Our muffins. It's not. So I'm oh, going to talk weird. about it anyway because it's fun. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Muffin Man first was first recorded in British text in 1820, but obviously the song existed before then, right? So okay. Um, just briefly, the word muffin is first found in print in 1703, but it was spelled muffin, like like mukau, like muffin. Uh-huh. It is of uncertain origin, but possibly derived from either a low German word, a muffin with an E, um, the plural of, of, which, sorry, muffin is the plural of, or muff, I should say, meaning small cake. Oh, or I like that. Or it's from the old French moufle, my my souffle, meaning so- <laughs> my moufle, <laughs> meaning soft as in soft bread. So they oh, don't know. Okay. Um, but muffins were English muffins were sold. The yeast dough ones were sold door to door in England by hawkers as a snack bread before most homes had their own ovens. Oh. Um, they'd actually walk around with these big like trays on their heads and go oh. through the crowds. And the expression "muffin man" meant a street seller. Uh, of muffins and one example they found was um, in writing from 1754 in a poem which includes the line hark the shrill muffin man his carol plies (laughs) fun fact because I noticed that shrill thing there the (laughs) bell ringing of muffin men became so common that by the 1840s the British parliament passed a law to prohibit bell ringing by muffin men but the muffin men didn't care. They did it anyway. They're like, forget it. <laughs> the rebels. We've got muffins to sell. <laughs> <laughs> so this was happening in Europe, right? Oh, my God. They're all having... I love that. <clears throat> Sorry. And apparently cupcakes were... Um, they called them fairy cakes in the UK, and they kind of got big way later with, like, Nigella Lawson or something. So oh, okay. I just kind of left the UK over there, and I came yeah. back to America. I'm like, forget <laughs> you people. Okay, so in America, they're still making them, too. But then they discovered quick bread, quick breads. Ooh. And what happened is they discovered pearl ash, which is a refined form of potash. Remember potash? Mm-hmm. So maybe people did borrow it from their neighbors. Yeah. I joked about that last oh, episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need pearl ash or potash? Of, I don't care. Spare a cup of potash. <laughs> <laughs> so the pearl ash, which is just, I think, crushed or um, potash. Like it's like 
like a fine version of potash, I think. I could be wrong. Okay. Anyway, it, pearl ash produced as carbon dioxide gas in dough. So it acted as a quick leavening agent. So um, ah. we didn't actually invent or discover baking soda until, oh, I forgot. It says somewhere. But that came later, I think in the 50s or something. No, not fifth. Whatever. So basically, they used uh, pearl ash, right? Mm-hmm. And suddenly, people are like, dang, quick breads. Because yeasted breads, you have to wait. You have to let them rise for like, yeah, like an hour. Yeah, like, and then it can not happen properly. Mm-hmm. Like, they're much more yeah. finicky, right? Tasty, but, yeah, very yeah. finicky. So, um, where am I here? Oh, I lost my thing. Okay. So, there was a book. Um, everybody on the internet basically attributes... Um, a woman named Amelia Simmons. She wrote a book called American Cookery in 1796. Um, she published recipes using pearl ash. Oh, here's my thing. Oh, 1857 was uh, when baking soda was developed. But anyway, people were using pearl ash. And even though the term cupcake was first mentioned in 1828, Amelia Simmons was apparently the first person to make a cupcake recipe and popularize cupcakes. Okay. So now I have to go into cupcakes because they're the same shape as um, muffins or, use, yeah. you know, use the same thing, right? So I was like, yeah. why didn't I think of looking for cupcakes? Because <laughs> <laughs> I just assumed everyone called it a muffin tin. That's what right? I thought, too. But I yeah, guess it makes I'm sense like, that it's a cupcake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, cupcakes are just sweeter muffins, basically. <laughs> um, originally, before there were muffin tins or cupcake pans, cupcakes were baked in small pottery bowls called ramekins. Sometimes they used teacups or even other ceramic mugs. I know what. So, uh, when bakers started to rely on standard cup measurements, um, this is also the, um, the, like, because people can't exactly say why they're called cupcakes. It's either because they were baked in cups or because of the um, standard cup measurements that were coming out. So something oh. became popular called one, two, three, four cakes, where, or quarter <laughs> cakes, um, where you'd have like one cup butter, two cups sugar, three cups flour, and four eggs. So it was the no way. easy, easy, easy way to remember how to make cake, right? Because oh, cool. not everyone had access to like cookbooks and that kind of thing, right? right? Or magazines or whatever. So they yeah. just started popularizing the one, two, three, four cakes. Cool. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm on to something. One, two, three, four cakes. And I thought, so did they just use cups and then like, but who invented the freaking muffin tin? Because these are like, you know, it's not like they connected yeah. their cups in the oven and like, no. anyway. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'm going to start looking for small cakes now, cake molds. I'm like, I thought back to like old timey, you know, like those huge banquets with kings and queens and the molded cakes and everything, right? Like yeah. maybe Marie Antoinette oh, yeah. had like, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I stumbled across in, um, so small cakes existed before this, obviously, right? So, mm-hmm. so there was something called queen cakes. They were individually portioned pound cakes. The earliest recipe for queen cakes was in 1725 in a book called Court Cookery by Robert Smith. Um, and it was kind of like a cupcake, I guess. So it had flour, sugar, fruit, butter, eggs, and spices, and it was oven baked. So I'm like, all right, queen cakes. Um, by early 1800s, you see people calling for individual small tins, which they called patty pans, right? <laughs> Leads to another famous song, Patty Cake. 
right? Oh my gosh, no. I always saying patty cake, which is I technically always patty cake too. Me too. So yeah. it is actually patty pans or petty pans sometimes, but for some reason people wrote patty cake. I'm like, you're idiots. Anyway, <laughs> that's just a little side note. <laughs> oh my gosh, wow. Yeah, so um, this is just a bit redundant. I'm going to skip this. I stumbled across something called gem pans yet. Okay, so there are patty pans and gem pans. I had to take a sharp turn in my research. The history of every other kind of pan that's yes. ever existed. Yeah, so <laughs> gems, they're, they look an awful lot like muffins. They're kind of like little flat muffins. They're like what your muffins look like when you try to make them at home. Oh. And they end up being just those yeah, and you're like, pathetic little things. go well. Yeah. Yeah, and you're like, okay. where's the bakery dome? Yeah. That's what a gem looks like. Okay. Um, a guy named, okay, so this was the this was the exciting part. So a guy named Nathaniel Waterman, he designed gem pans, and like no, he actually patented his design for a gem pan. So gem pans, I guess, maybe existed. I don't know if he stole the idea. I don't know. Uh, in 1859, right? Okay. And what it looked like was kind of imagine um like more shallow little cups, like or dishes, like little ramekins, connected, but without that like lip where the dough can spill oh, okay. over. okay, so nothing to catch yeah. the spillover dough. Exactly. But it's they are just... connected little round mm-hmm. bits. Okay. Yeah, like a frame. I think I've so that... seen something like that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And so he designed it so the heat could kind of go around each cup nicely. And yeah, um, they were more shallow, though. And I thought, well, did somebody see this and go, I'm going to make a muffin? Um, I was going to go into, like, um, European molds or, like, because I thought of Dutch pancakes, how they're made in those little... Um, Oh, puffages? Yeah. 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 Made, like you pour the batter into those little... Yeah, like um, a little frying pan with like little dips mm-hmm. in it to make teeny tiny little... Like, yeah. So pan- did pancakes. they invent it? Like, but I found nothing. So I was like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. Um, so I'm like, okay, let's go back in time to cake molds. Like I was saying, right? Okay. So back in ancient times, this is just kind of fun facts. They had um, simple bread-like cakes, which were sweetened with honey and sometimes nuts and fruits, right? But they mm-hmm. would usually just kind of shape them... By hand, right? Okay. Although in some ancient texts, they did actually mention, um, like, cake molds, which I thought was kind of cool. Ooh. But, um, okay, so according to food historians, the precursor of modern cakes, so a round little cake, uh, were first baked in Europe around the mid-17th century. Um, this is due primarily to advances in technology and ingredient availability. So... Nobody, like it's not like everyone had ovens, right? Mm-hmm. They were like, yeah, and they didn't really have ovens until way later. They just used open fire, right? To, right. So, um, the earliest thing I can find to like a proper tin, anyway, was the um, they're called cake hoops. So it's kind of like the muffin rings, mm. where they would like butter the hoop and then put the batter in. They'd put it on flat trays and that kind of thing. So that was okay. gonna help. Then I went back to my book, my history of food in 100 recipes yeah i know so excited i'm like i used an actual book for research oh my gosh what so this is so fun so as far back as the 1300s people were using pie dough as containers for their food so they would they you weren't meant to eat pie dough back then what was just yeah so they would make pies meat pies fruit pies all that kind of thing but you would eat it was just so that it was used as the dough was used as a vessel to keep the meat moist or like the 
to make the nice gooey sweet center of like a fruit So they pie. would eat out the insides of yes. like a meat pie, for example, and they'd leave yeah. the crust. Yeah. The crust is the best part. This was before the 1300s. Yeah. Okay. Then I think in the 1300s, there was a shift where this French guy um, started like making edible okay. like, pie dough. No freaking way. Right? It was a little side note, but I'm like, what? Yeah. So, oh yeah, gosh. like, um, oh, like a lot of food historians will be like, they basically didn't have any kind of cake molds or anything for the longest time. Oh, my god! Right? They just used, like, they do? dough or whatever, right? So, by the 1600s, we had those um, uh, little cake molds, right? But that's literally all I could find. I had nothing. <laughs> the closest I got no were the way. gem pans. Yeah. So then there somebody, single... somebody took those gem pans and they basically attached it to a tray higher up. Because somebody... Yeah. Like, but who? But who? But what company? I can tell that somebody was like angry that their stuff was spilling all over the place and like so I wish somebody would just make this and connect it so that there's a lip right? here that will catch all the spill and whatever right well, maybe manufacturing it was just easier to maybe. punch like you know do a depression yeah. in but so all like the closest I got was like 1850s I'm like are you kidding me right now people oh are usually gosh. all over these patents and yeah. these like you know Wow. Yeah. And people are like, oh, vintage muffin pan. I'm like, can you tell me about it? Who made it? Where did it come from? What year was it from? Nothing. (laughs) So if anyone listening can tell me, maybe like, yeah. Maybe you're an heir to the muffin tin fortune. (laughs) Maybe your great, great grandfather, great, 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 great grandfather worked in a muffin tin factory at some point. Right. Like, also, side note, I don't like that, like, most research ends up being, like, European, Western kind of stuff, because then mm. were they, like, because Japanese Maybe people, for example, make wonderful desserts. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. maybe people were traveling and, like saw something i don't know i was i do find so that a lot of it is like it i mean obviously because we live in north america so i think a lot of our natural the stuff that we find when we do searches for things it, the first stuff that comes up is north american or western that's true yeah right but there's so much stuff that was and the muffin is believable that it's back. here because yeah. it's such a stupid food that people <laughs> I, even like muffins I, do you like muffins like american muffins I, I I love the idea don't. of them. I love buying them. And sometimes I enjoy eating, like, the, I enjoy the tops. So, like, the classic yeah, Seinfeld top, episode, so, yeah. the muffin tops, right? <laughs> I've been binging Seinfeld lately. It's awesome. I will say there's a bakery here in Edmonton, although they're changing a lot. I'm getting mad at them, so I'm not going to say their name. They can shove it. But um, they make the most delicious bran muffins. And you wouldn't oh. think a bran muffin could even be I do actually kind of like a bran muffin. I do like bran muffins. With These ones are... Them, the best muffins I think I've ever had. Yeah. Even compared to, not just brand, but like just any. ever. Yeah. Amazing. It's yeah, so hard. Are, I find know. it really hard to find a good muffin. You know what it is about muffins? When they first started, they said that they were maybe like 100 some calories, 150 calories max. The original they're not. ones. They're like. Now they're like, you can get a muffin that could even be 600 some calories, which yeah. for me is annoying because they're not very filling. No. And they're not as good as cake. So I'm thinking, why the hell am why I eating this muffin? Why would you do that? Just go eat actual cake. That's yeah. satisfying and good However, if that's what you're going to do. something like carrot cake is too sweet for me, so I 
definitely prefer a carrot muffin over carrot cake. Oh, I love carrot cake. I just wish they didn't put icing all over it. I love icing on it. It's Are too you much. Insane. It's too sweet. Ah, oh, I don't know if I can be friends with you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but car- because they put like carrots and other th- raisins and like just so much sweet. You know what's like, really good sweet food is when people put pineapple in their carrot cake. Yeah, that I can. That's really imagine. good. That See, I but that's more sugar. And then yeah. they put stuff on it. I'm like, I'm gonna die. Yeah. From all the sugar. But. Yeah. I'm not a Have huge muffin person. That with age, like sweetness is not as tolerable. Like I used to be able to eat like all kinds of candy, and my nephew now will be like, "Here, eat some chocolate with me." I'm like, "Okay," all excited because it's like, "Ooh, mm-hmm. candy!" And then I eat it, and I'm like, "I'm gonna lose my teeth." I go through phases like if if um. If I've, like, because I try to not have as much, like, outside sugar in, like, unnatural sugar, refined sugar, whatever it's called, mm-hmm. in my diet as possible. Like, I don't put it in my coffee anymore and that kind of stuff. Like, I'd really yeah. try to keep it out because I've got such a sweet tooth that <laughs> if, when I start eating sweet it stuff, just get, like, yeah, it gets, holy yeah. cow, it's <laughs> <Me too>. dangerous. <laughs> like, it's bad. But it's but, like, I can't eat, like, the, you know... The kids' sweet stuff, if that makes yeah. sense. Like chocolate bars and that kind of, like, I can have maybe a little tiny one at Halloween, right? But, like, it's See, I have so... no problem with that. The only time oh, I find man. it too sweet so is if I've, like, really been strict with my diet and I've had hardly any sweets. Then I'll be like, oh, that's right. really sweet. But I get used <laughs> to it almost immediately. And I'm like, give me more. I get so addicted. I, swear, I have such a sugar addiction. It's terrible. It turns me into a fat monster. It's awful. <laughs> <laughs> and on that uh, note, and on I'm that gonna go note. bake some. Actually, my next baking project, believe it or not, is a pumpkin spice muffin. Oh, really? So, oh. I mean, well, I bought the muffin tin. I have to make yeah, something. Yeah, I know, right? You know, I don't what know I'm who make. invented that damn muffin tin. But I'm gonna <laughs> use it. It's just gonna make you mad every time you look at oh, it. <laughs> yeah, it will. <laughs> You'll be on a mission to always find out where it came from. We'll have to keep our eyes peeled for any signs. <laughs> Um, what I'm going to do, I'm going to go make, because I've got a packet in my uh, cupboard <laughs> for Yorkshire puddings that I always make in my muffin tin. Nice. Yeah. Mm, Yorkshire pudding. I know. Those I are remember good. I used to think that Yorkshire pudding was like pudding. Like, <laughs> like pudding that we eat. Like chocolate pudding. <laughs> it is weird because... Like, like pudding. you know, pudding. Like pudding. Okay, the reason why I'm hesitating and it's hard for me to describe it a different way is because with Greg and his... Like, Greg didn't know what pudding was. I was like, I got some, like, oh. jello pistachio pudding mix because I'm like, I love the jello pistachio pudding. Yeah. And that's what we call pudding here. But there, they call... <laughs> they use the word pudding as their word for dessert. Like, what are right. are we having pudding, right? And I guess in, around the world, I think in Australia, they do the same thing. I think in the UK, Maybe yeah. in the UK, yeah. That that's oh, what they yeah. say. And I was like, no, I'm not talking about dessert. He's like, well, what's for pudding? Like, what are, well, what are we having? I'm like, we're having pudding. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I know, but what are we having? And I'm like, no. And I can never find a different way to describe pudding. Like, how do you describe it? So I would tell, I <laughs> finally, I was getting so frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I think I ended up explaining it like, I'm like, it's like yogurt, but it's like sweet. <laughs> like, it's the consistency of yogurt, kind of, but it's like a dessert. <laughs> it was so oh hard to describe. I Custard. 
I guess like custard. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Damn Yogurt. It. But I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything oh else because I never eat custard here. Like, that's not really true. But a thing. custard is very. I guess. Right. But what does he call pudding then? I don't know. He doesn't think about it. <laughs> but they have to eat it. I don't know if they do. I don't think they do. No, they have to because in like. Do they have to? Why? They. I guess well, they would just call it some kind of custard or something. Maybe. I don't know. I don't think they do it. Like hmm. I was like, don't you have like the 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 prepackaged little snack packs that we used to have in our lunches? Right. He didn't know what I was talking about. Like I had to take him down that aisle at the grocery and store. Show him. Yeah. And he still I mean, didn't have any Greg, sense. Though, so like he didn't do the grocery shopping in his household. Like oh, okay. he's like bachelor no, life. He didn't. You know, even seeing it, he was like, "I don't know what this is." Yeah, it's a chocolate, like custardy. Yeah, that's not. And when right. I gave it to him, he didn't really like it because he didn't really know. <laughs> like he's like, "I don't, I don't know." It takes him a long time to come around to stuff. He finally started <laughs> to like tacos, so we're getting somewhere. <laughs> Sneak some pudding in his coffee. <laughs> but it makes me happy because I'm like I love the pistachio pudding so much so I don't have to share yeah. it with him I can just eat the whole thing by myself nice yeah that's great okay so I'll make so pumpkin I, spice muffins and you'll make Yorkshire lots of pudding pudding. Oh, right. pistachio pudding and pistachio pudding all the puddings basically yay okay talk to you guys next week bye bye